Hey, everybody. Welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about hot desking, standing desks, many multiple monitors, and the problem with giving interns baseball bats. Have I talked about this before? Yes. Does it need to be revisited? Yes. Standing desks have been institutionalized, add a layer of complexity to the workplace, in regards to environmental health and safety, the Americans with Disabilities Act, facilities, departmental budgets, and corporate culture. Standing desks can be seen as preferential or deferential treatment to those who are perceived as first among equals, and the prominence of these assets are quite noticeable, raise questions which may lead to awkward conversations about justifications and efficiency, as well as the possibility of elitism and exclusionary culture. Standing desks. Ah, yes. The symbol of earnest devotion. You are not only willing to stand, but are so committed to doing your job that you will stand all day. Or adjust the desk and sit when standing becomes a chore. I was in the hospital for a back injury when I was a teenager. In traction. and a body cast. And one of the patients in the bed next to mine was a high school vice principal who had surgery on his back due to a long-standing injury resulting from high school wrestling. He suffered. And I can understand him needing something along the lines of a standing desk or some other help. The patient who replaced him was a court officer or a bailiff. He was a very pleasant fellow and was suffering from phlebitis which can be caused by a sedentary lifestyle, or even more specifically, from standing around all day in a tight space. Phlebitis, or venitis, is the inflammation of a vein, usually in the legs. It most commonly occurs in superficial veins. Phlebitis often occurs in conjunction with thrombosis, and is then called thrombophlebitis, or superficial thrombophlebitis. Ouch. Just saying. Standing is now somehow seen as a miracle cure for cardiovascular disease. I have questioned the actual need for standing desks for some time, generally because a lot of the people who request them are doing so for what appear to be superficial rationales. Many corporations now require an ergonomic assessment, which is yet another layer of complexity and expense to satisfy a resource's seeming insecurity about their position, although as ancillary as it may be. An article in New Atlas posits, could exercise be replaced with a protein supplement? For people such as the elderly, injured, or physically challenged, getting enough exercise can be difficult. Help may be on its way, however, as new research indicates that an existing protein provides some of the key benefits of exercise. Previous studies have already shown that a naturally occurring protein known as cestrin accumulates in the muscles after intense physical activity. Scientists from the University of Michigan, therefore, wanted to see if artificially upping an animal's cestrin levels could produce the beneficial effects that are associated with the protein. 
We've proposed that Sestrin can coordinate these biological activities by turning on or off different metabolic pathways, says U Michigan prof Jun Hee Lee, who co-led the study along with assistant professor Myung Jin Kim. This kind of combined effect is important for producing exercises effects. The scientists are now further exploring the manner in which cestrin is produced within the body and are looking into the development of supplements containing the protein. That would change the lifestyles and mindset of what I believe is the entire industrialized world. I think that the beliefs in exhibitionistically displaying a deep commitment to maintaining appearance of health and beauty via exercise, knowledge of the tools, equipment, and protocols would vanish and be replaced by another form of social conformity. But for now, we have those standing desks and the proud users who seem to be attached to them like people are attached to their automobiles. Such pride. And as I always say, at least half of these same people's grandparents would look at them like they had three heads if they maintained the need to stand around all day when their grandparents worked like dogs to finally get a job where they sat at a desk instead of working on their feet. It's really not a value judgment on your lifestyle or job. It's a simple yes or no. And a few too many people who make these requests or demands behave as if it is as dire as life or certain death. Merely sitting at a desk does not imply that your feet are shackled to the floor. You, for the most part, if you are in a position to request a standing desk, can usually just stand up and take a stroll every 20 minutes or so. Go outside, pitch in and lift a box. Do something else besides glare at your monitor and stop the kvetching. Everything that is a supposed miracle cure for sudden death is a triumph of marketing to the easily persuaded. We become swayed by these trends because it is the flavor of the month, a status symbol that will pass and is as mercurial to the workplace as temps are. These fads pass. Maybe not this one so quickly, but it will fall out of fashion. However, there is currently a substantial industry being built around the perception that sitting in a chair is as bad as smoking five packs a day, eating two pounds of bacon, and drinking a fifth of bourbon on the job. Let's not get too attached to any of these. The whining, the carrying on, the histrionics, which are not exactly selling points, and substantially distract from any logical argument, come from ostensible adults with professional positions, all to service the specious scientific claims of death by sitting. Oh no, it's real. <laughs> sitting will kill you. It's proven. You just want me to die at my desk. I know it. Now I do. It says quite a lot about people who put on the dog to rationalize all for competitive indulgence in the workplace. If X has a standing desk, I am nothing without a standing desk. Six chain monitors, a Mac Mini, a Chromecast key, a Roku, a Linux machine, two Windows desktops, a tablet, every type of mobile phone, any imaginable peripheral that exists, and a refrigerator under the desk. Or you could just do your job. And by the way, some folks go about this does not register with those same people as being far-fetched or highly emotional or out of kilter in the space. People will look at you as if you have a screw loose if you keep this nonsense up instead of abiding by the parameters of adult conduct. But there is very little self-awareness. 
sort of like going out with coworkers and getting blitzed before the first wave of catered junk food arrives, then showing up the next day and not being aware that you were incoherent before 6 p.m. I have no problem with this. Just be aware that you were. You did not act in the same way you do during office hours. Acknowledge that. That's all. Most of us understand. It's just hard to be sympathetic to anyone in denial. People who make decisions will think twice. That's all I'm saying. When you make a big deal out of something that was non-existent a few short years ago and act as if it is life or death, people just might question your maturity. I am reminded of Woody Allen's sleeper when his character, Miles Monroe, is awoken from suspended animation after 200 years and requests wheat germ, organic honey, and tiger's milk for breakfast. And no deep fat or steak or cream pies or hot fudge, which the scientists who woke him assert are now known to be quite healthy. Just think of all the fad diets we have witnessed fly by us, from keto to paleo to Atkins to South Beach to cabbage to hay to Beverly Hills, and that's just caloric consumption. Me, I am a walker. I love to walk about, and I feel it does me good. I get to keep current with my surroundings, burn a few calories, and maintain a bit of tone, eh, and frequently have pleasant interactions with others. Just standing around is, to me, somewhat akin to loitering. And that's in my personal life, apart from workplace culture. But my advice is the same as it has always been. Get up off your butt. You don't have to enter a marathon, but just stop with the pretentious nonsense. If you need one, you need one. If you want one because someone else has one, you don't need one. So stop already. You're being a pain in the butt. Office life is different than home, and it is quite possible to lose rational perspective. Case in point. Printer units are the natural enemy of interns. If interns were issued baseball bats, there would be no functioning printer units anywhere. I used to sit on one side of a common wall along with colleagues, and we were perpetually aghast at the incredible levels of noise and violent reaction to printer units that did not comply with intern psychic demands. They would beat and abuse the units to the point of breakdown, and then, of course, slink away without saying a word and complete their print jobs at another location. Meanwhile, after clearing up the simple paper jam or reinserting the tray, the job would complete and the intern's print job would print, so you kind of knew who was responsible. The point is, perspective is quite subjective to a lot of people. And one more thing, tearing open a ream of paper using just exactly what you need and leaving the scraps of paper about and the remainder of the ream inside what is left of the packaging instead of inserting the entire package in the now empty printer tray is ridiculous. Put the torn pieces of paper packaging in the trash or recycle container right under the unit and place all of the paper from that package in the tray. Be a big boy or a big girl. Show everybody you know how to do simple stuff. For a generation of people so hell-bent on constantly being flattered about every single irrelevant thing, do this and clean up after yourselves. I am amazed that so many of these people did not get ribbons or medals or trophies for picking up after themselves and did not have that discipline indoctrinated into their mentalities. What happened, all you smart, suave, sophisticated, forward-thinking educators? You didn't positively reinforce that whole following-through with responsible behavior and hygiene thing? This printer animus to me is akin to becoming irrationally animated towards a resealable bag in a break room scenario where an individual becomes upset to the point of distraction and justifies leaving a huge mess 
because a resealable bag or a container they used did not reseal properly, as if it is a $10,000 Tiffany resealable bag, and not one of a million simply mass-produced for the snack food, beverage, powder, or whatever they have decided to leave scattered about the break room as an act of retribution to the unknown oppressive entity causing them to overreact to a simple slight malfunction of a disposable item. They'll show the man with their raised fist and distinctive personality. Yeah, man. And that leads me to the subject of hot desking. I actually did a survey for my former boss many years ago to assess the usage and availability of desks and offices to determine if reserving space when not in use was viable, especially considering the overcrowding of many office spaces and the territoriality many people apply to their assigned workspaces. The personalization is one thing I can understand. I am guilty of that as well. However, making a common area unusable by any peer who needs a space can be a bit of a trial. The survey predated hot desking, but essentially worked towards establishing that premise many moons ago. This, along with the virtually absurd desire of so very many people to be completely surrounded by large chained monitors, is just about laughable. What happened? What are you missing? Is there a deficit of attention you require? This satisfies what? Two monitors and just about everybody is fine. Six or more and you look like you are hell-bent on global domination. You will take over the world. Really, gang, Dr. Evil didn't need this many monitors. I have learned that a number of corporations now offer work from home as a viable option. This, however, also leads to exclusionary or elitist on-site culture, so I have been told. Since those who work from home do need to appear in person, they have to hot desk, which requires a reservation. When this occurs, I have been told, the individual who normally works from home and usually communicates via video conferencing is seen in somewhat of a novelty light, and the space they occupy for the time they are in the office is generally overlooked, perhaps a little dingy, and offers less prominence than those who maintain a day-to-day -day presence. Those who maintain a day-to-day -day presence also have a slightly different culture they seem to both take advantage of within the in-person experience as a bonus point, but also as an exclusionary subculture with a subtext to conversational workplace lexicon that does not extend to the work from homers and does not extend a rhythm that needs to be maintained in order for one to more easily fit in. You become the odd man out by working from home, which has been shown to increase productivity in many cases. Strange that there is a punitive aspect to getting more things done. So, in conclusion, don't give interns baseball bats. Don't ask them to print anything. Get up, walk around, talk to people who are not necessarily on the same mission-driven plane as you are, and store all the cestrin you can. Thanks for listening. See you next time, and as the kitties say, peace out. Ooh.